Good afternoon, good morning on the Purple Couch family. This is Bahia. I am so excited to be actually in Accra, Ghana. I am, as many of you know, I'm spending some time at a hospital called Focus. The Focus Foundation was started by Dr. Ohenimba Boache Ajay. You all know he was my surgeon. If you didn't know, he was my surgeon 10 years ago at Hospital for Special Surgery. On my 10th anniversary, I've chosen to spend some time at his hospital that he's built in Ghana and do some creative projects with the children who come from all over Africa who have serious spinal deformities and they come here for surgery, life-changing and life-altering surgery. Well, while these children are here, it takes from one to even six months of treatment we have several services that encompass their time in the surgical ward. And the person I wanna introduce you all to who is gonna talk about the magic behind the magic, right? Cause Dr. Boache, if you've seen his videos, you've seen and heard me talk about really his magic hands, what he does physically, there's also a part of that is the sociological, psychological, and the educational enrichment that happens, that magic that happens while the children oftentimes away from their parents. So today I am going to introduce you to the woman who has been hosting me as I do my creative projects here in Focus, at Focus. I'm going to introduce you to Auntie Pat. Auntie Pat, welcome. Thank you, Auntie. It is so nice to be here. Thank you for your hospitality. Auntie Pat, this is a very warm name and title. Of course, her name is Patricia. She's going to give us her full name uh, and talk to us about her. But Auntie Pat, yes. tell us your full name and tell why are we calling you Auntie? Well, my full name is Patricia Lidi Kimbekete Ankra. Yes. I am coming from the Congo Brazzaville. My husband is a Ghanaian, and everybody calls me Auntie Pat because I am auntie to everyone. I receive people with love, with care. That is the reason why they call me Auntie Pat. I love that. And I've been here for some time, and I have experienced the warmness. Edward and I have experienced the warmness of Auntie Pat. So Auntie Pat, thank you for having us. You're welcome. Thank and thank you. you for having me too. Thank you. Auntie Pat, we've spent some time with the children. You have about anywhere from 40 to 50 children from around the continent of Africa. Yes. Tell me a little bit, where are they from? Who are these children? At the moment, we have children who are coming from Ethiopia, Sierra Leone, Ivory Coast, Ghana, and Nigeria. Yes, these children, when they are coming from their own country, they come here for surgery because they have a spinal problem. That is a why. So basically, you have children from East Africa to West Africa. Guys, this is the time to take out your map if you need to familiarize yourself with the, the map of Africa. You guys remember last year we were in South Africa, Southern Africa, Zimbabwe, and South Africa. This year we're in West Africa, in Accra, Ghana. And Auntie Pat just told us that the children who come to focus for surgery come from 
anywhere from east all the way across from West Africa. That is it. Yes. Yeah. And spinal deformities, right? Yes. So these children come to you. They are at the hospital. Yes. For anywhere from how long do they spend here at the hospital? Most of them spend from three months and above. It depends on the, the condition they are in. Some stay for a little bit longer, from six months, and others also stay for even one year. What is the youngest child you have in the hospital now? At the moment, the younger ones is three years old. She is three years old. We have two actually who are three years old. And from three years old to let's say maybe 15, 16, many if not most come without parents. Yes, all of them they come without their parents. So when they come, we try to be parents to them. We take care of them. We also counsel them, those who have problems. And most of the time when they come because of their condition, back home, they don't have friends apart from their families. So they don't have friends. They don't mingle with other children. But when they come here, we give them the opportunity to mingle with other children, to make friends, to play around, and even to, to, to love each other. And as a visual, and I didn't quite get this until I got here, in as much as I saw the videos, the children have severe deformities which are corrected here. But at their place of home and environment, we have years of what in the States we might call bullying, where the children are ostracized because of the way they look the way they walk and so forth. So the children have come from uh, environments where they have experienced some isolation, Auntie, is what you're saying. Yes, yes, please. Yeah. yes, please. We are sitting in a beautiful center. It was uh, one of the centers that was uh, donated by uh, one of the patients of Dr. Boache uh, in the States. It's a beautiful center. What happens in this children's center? Tell us about what is this important, important place, as important as maybe the OR. What happens here? Now, when the children arrive here in Ghana, they don't not only come for the search. We also engage them into education. We teach them English, mathematics, and French, mm -hmm. and sometimes a little bit of social studies. And we don't want just for them to come for the rehabilitation center, but we also want to give them opportunities some of them did not have back home. Yes. Because when they come, others, because of their condition, do not go to school, okay. and they don't even know how to write their names and sometimes the common A, B, C, D, and one, two, three. So what we do here, we teach them how to write their names, we teach them English, we teach them French, mm -hmm. and a little bit of social. So at the end of it, each child, when he's going back home, will be able to speak the basics in English. Okay. Yes. yes. Then how do we do it? The strategy we have been using, when they come for the first time, we assess them, we group them based on their age and their level of education back home. Some of them, they may be old in age, but because they don't go to school, 
you put them in the beginner class. The others, they are also very smart. They go to school and we maintain their level of education. So that is what we do. We, based, we group them in four groups. The first group, we have the grade one, grade two, and grade three. They are in one group. And the second group is from grade four, five, and six. And we have the third group, grade seven, eight, and nine. And the fourth group, we have the grade from 10 to 12. Okay. Tell us about, I see you have computers. I see a lot of books um, through the donation from On the Purple Couch and our client base. We're going to be leaving you a significant amount of artwork, some paint, brushes. You've seen some of that. Yes. Tell me, what do you all do during the day? Give me a typical day of what the children would do. And, and I had a great opportunity to see them yesterday. We did a nice project. I talked to them through an interpreter. Uh, of course, some of them do speak English, some of them uh, don't. Uh, I talked to them about Jackson Pollock, throwing paint everywhere, and we did a little bit of a project yes. on that. We'll do more. Give me a typical day. Within a day, we have Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, purposely for learning. We do math and English and social skills. Now, on Tuesday, it is an open day. We do games. We play, we, we have a program on the computer who was given to us by one of a board member's son, Nyamiche. He came to install the IXL program for okay. us. Okay. So we are also using that one mm -hmm. on Tuesdays okay. and Fridays. Now, on Fridays, we do games. Mm -hmm. We do bingo game. Okay. We play uh, Scrabble. We play... We also watch a movie. The children also read a lot. Mm. The month of June, for instance, we set it apart for the children to read books. And it is a competition. The more books you read, and the more chances of you getting prizes. Okay. Yes. So we have a reading month mm -hmm. in the month of June. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we have a slogan. We say, children who read today succeed tomorrow. Beautiful. Thank you. I love that. Auntie Pat, tell us a little bit about yourself. You and I, uh, we found that uh, we are both French speakers and I also heard you speaking uh, Russian, Russian to one of the volunteers from New York who is visiting. Yeah. You speak about five or seven, how many languages can one person <laughs> speak? Tell us about yourself. Okay. I was born in the Congo Brazzaville. I speak French. And I had my own level. I went to the Soviet Union, to the university. I did animal husbandry. Oh, okay. Yes. Then I was so good in languages. Then I decided to do a course to be able to be teaching people languages. Yes. I had a certificate back in the Soviet Union. Then I came back. It was over there to I met my husband. We got married. In Russia? In Russia, yes. He's from Ghana. Then we came here. So I speak English. I speak French. I speak Russia because I studied there for seven good years. Then I also speak my husband's dialect. I and that is? Gang. 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 
G-A. Can you spell it for us, please? G-A. Gang. G-A. And I speak a little bit of tree, but not fluently. Mm -hmm. It's also spoken here in, in Ghana. Yes. Then I also speak our own dialect. That is Lingala and Kituba. And that is from? From Congo Brazzaville. What brought you here? What brings you to be the auntie of everyone? By nature, I am someone who loves children. Even at home, all my sisters and brothers' children, when I am around, mm -hmm. they all come to me. Even leave their own parents because they want to be close to their auntie. Mm -hmm. So when I got to know of this place, Focus, it was in 2018. I had a friend who was a missionary, Patricia Sims. So she was the one who spoke to me about focus. I said, oh yeah, I want to serve these children. I want to help them. Then she brought me here. That is how I got to know of focus. As soon as I saw the children, I told myself, oh yes, this is where I belong to. Mm. I must give what I have. Mm -hmm. The love I have, I must give it to these children. Because most of the time, when the children come, so most of the time, they are, some of them, they don't, they don't even smile. They are always quiet. And some of them too, they don't speak uh, their own language, Amharic. But they speak a different dialect in Ethiopia. So they don't even have someone to communicate with them. So when they get here. When they get here. Mm -hmm. So I decided to give to these children the love so that they can be happy, give them the chance to play, and to give them the confidence to tell them that disability is not inability to learn. A disability is, is not inability to learn. I love that. Yes. So they want to be confident to themselves to know that yes we can do whatever the normal people too can do yes. so that is the reason why i joined them and then i was a volunteer i wasn't be paid when i started this job from my house to this place is almost two hours drive so i devoted my time mm -hmm. coming every morning then later in 2015 I was employed as a resident teacher. Auntie Pat, can you paint a picture of one of the children? You can do it as a composite, pick from different, but I want the audience to kind of, uh, the listening audience, to kind of get a sense of what is a child, what is a, no child is typical, but give us a picture of the children. I will take one child, she just left Ghana to Ethiopia. She's called... Tigist Hailo. Tigist, Tigist mm -hmm. was nine years old. Mm -hmm. And when she came, she wasn't able to speak English, mm -hmm. no Amharic. She was speaking a different dialect. Okay. Yes. She came and she was always folding her arms. Okay. Not even talking to people. You ask her questions, she would just be looking at you. Then I started to teach that girl. Within 10 days, she was able to write a name. And she has never been in school before. Be between 10 days 
and she was able to write her name. And we were still teaching her. She started picking up, speaking English. And when she left here, Tikist was the most adorable girl we've never met here mm. because she became open, cracking jokes with others, playing around, asking questions whenever she doesn't understand something. So she was just something else. Mm. Yes. That's a beautiful image. Yeah. Thank you. When the children are getting ready to go to surgery, um, is there um, any conversations with them? Do you do they express any fears or um, any thoughts about what's going to happen next to them? Why they all know they're here for surgery. What do you experience when they're either getting ready to go or they have questions about where are they getting ready? And what I'm talking about getting ready to go is to go to a very serious yes, surgery because it is this is why they are here. Yes, some children are open, and when they are about to go for surgery. They are so happy, and they inform everyone that I am going for surgery oh soon. Oh, my gosh. And yes. sometimes when they come, we pray together. Yeah. We also have a Sunday school mm -hmm. teacher who is Janet Opoku. Mm -hmm. Yes, she comes on Sundays. So when they are going for surgery, they come purposely. Some of them come personally to me and inform me, then I pray with them. And some of them, too, we counsel them. Some say, I am afraid. You see, there is nothing to be afraid of. God is in control. The God who has brought you here, and he will be able to take you through that surgery, and he's taking you back home safely and stronger and standing tall. Mm -hmm. So that is what we do. Apart from me, we also have the caregivers, the Ethiopian caregivers. We have Kidan, we have Tigist. There are two, and we have uh, Mohammed from Sierra Leone. Yes, they are also together with them as parents. Okay. So we all counsel them if they need to. We also have a chaplain who comes around, the pastor, come and also, also pray with them when they are about to go for surgery. You know, it's funny when you said that they, some of them are excited when they go to surgery. When I went for surgery at um, HSS, Hospital for Special Surgery, in 2008, I was so excited. Wow. I was so excited. It's so funny. It's years later that I realized maybe I had fear, but I was so excited. And there's something that the hospital did that makes me think of this when you said, as I was being rolled into the, from wherever I was, through the hallway to get to the OR, I was in the the bed, the bed. whatever the the stretcher, Down, whatever yes. it is. And as I went through, all the nurses and whoever was there was giving me high fives and cheering me on. And th those were some of the last images I had before I went into the OR. And I couldn't believe that. I'm like, oh my God, they're cheering me on to say you can do it, you can do it, because you need a lot of strength. Oh yes. To take that yes. kind of step and what I think is funny guys is that Dr. Boache says this in his video um, and in his you know the surgeries in the states you know yes they're they're hard they're difficult you know the, the cases that you see right they're they're hard but when you come here the surgeries are like the scale is over it's beyond hard 
not hard for his skill, obviously, and the skill of the team, but the severity of the deformities and the severity of the surgeries are just incredible. Some of the children I saw yesterday with the level of curvature was just really, really challenging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the work, I say all that to say, the preparation for the surgery and the role that you all play, yeah. uh, that you play, is so important. Thank you. Auntie Pat, is Thank there anything you, you want to share um, about the work that FOCUS does? What I want to say, I want to thank FOCUS for helping these children to stand tall, and especially those who have been donating for these children, supporting them, paying for their surgery, their sponsors. We want to say thank you so much. May the Lord bless them mightily. And apart from that, focus. He's doing a great job. They just not give to these children for them to stand tall, but they also give them the ability to go back there and go and steady and go and stand tall and be confident to themselves. And some of them have received some feedback from their homes. They said after They've left focus, they went back, and they are sponsored. Some of them put them in school, mm -hmm. and they are schooling now. So I just want to say thank you to all the people who have been donating to focus to help these unprivileged children. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much, Auntie Pat. Thank you to your staff, to your team. Um, it's been a pleasure being with you during this season uh, in your classroom and uh, working with the children on the Purple Couch family. Please learn more about Focus Foundation. You can follow our journey on Instagram, which of course is on the Purple Couch. And if you follow along, the hashtag is OTPCGH. That's on the Purple Couch, GH for Ghana, right? Um, on the Purple Couch. And uh, learn more about Focus. Follow them on Instagram, follow them on Facebook, their website. Links will be everywhere and are already everywhere. Thank you, Auntie Pat. Thank you, Dr. Boache. Thank you to the FOCUS team, uh, the board members, and everyone for a wonderful opportunity. And uh, continue that. May God continue to bless your hands. Amen. Thank Amen. you so much, you too. May God bless you mightily. Amen. Amen.